Hallelujah. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to sing some of the old hymns today. There's so much truth in those old hymns. The first one is there's power in the blood. And we celebrate on communion uh, always the blood of Jesus and the cleansing power in the blood of Jesus. And this is just a favorite old hymn of the church. It's been sung for years and years and years about the blood. Stand with me, please. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood power in the blood come for a cleansing to calvary's time there's wonderful power in the blood oh there's power power wonder work and power in the blood of the lamb there is power power wonder work in power in the precious blood of the lamb would you be wider, much wider than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There's power, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Once more, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give honor and glory to your name. 
thank you for Jesus and the blood of Jesus poured out for each one of us and that wonder-working power of the blood. So wonderful and so far-reaching, the power of the blood. There was enough power in Jesus' blood to save whosoever will may come. Anybody who comes, anybody who wants to come and confess the name of Jesus and believe him, there's enough blood to cover all the sin in their lives. And when that blood covers the sin, it's gone, and we get to start again. That's wonderful, amen? We do get to start again. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We glory. We glory in your name. We praise your name, and we thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus and how much that's meant to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay, and we'll sing victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me And then I heard his groaning of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He plunged me in me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again, and he caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, heal my broken spirit and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory oh victory in Jesus my savior forever he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day i'll sing up there 
song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love me to victory beneath the cleansing flood oh victory in jesus my savior forever he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere i knew him and all my love me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Oh yes, God, we thank you. Thank you for the victory in Jesus. Thank you for that all-consuming victory in Jesus. He loved me before I even knew him. That's every one of our testimonies about Jesus. He loved us before we even knew him. He loved us in our most ugliness. He still loved us, and he died for us, every one of us. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you poured out your love for us and gave us that victory. You gave us the victory over all the things that come against us, you have given us the victory, and in you, we can live in that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a scripture in Deuteronomy. This is when Moses, Moses had just finished leading all the children of Israel across the desert. Forty years that trip took because of their disobedience, because of many things like that. But they're just about ready to go into Canaan land. And it comes to the time of the end of Moses' life. And in his last message that he speaks to the people, Deuteronomy 33:27, the word given by Moses just before he died, he was 120 years old, his eye was not dimmed, nor his natural vigor diminished at all. 120 years old. He said, the eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And to me, that means I can make my refuge in God. But if I slip and fall, the everlasting arms are underneath. So there's provision made for us, no matter what we have to walk through. This promise was given hundreds and hundreds of years ago that the eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? 
leaning on the everlasting arms i'll have blessed peace with my lord so near leaning on the everlasting arms leaning leaning safe and secure from all alarms leaning 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 on the everlasting arms oh how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way leaning on the everlasting arms oh how bright the path grows from day to day leaning on the everlasting arms leaning leaning safe and secure from all alarms leaning 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 on the everlasting arms what a fellowship what a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms what a blessedness what a peace is mine leaning on the everlasting arms leaning leaning safe and secure from all alarms top what have I to dread what have I to fear leaning on the everlasting arms I have blessed peace with my Lord so near leaning on the everlasting arms leaning leaning safe and secure from all alarms leaning 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 on the everlasting arms oh how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way leaning on the everlasting arms oh how bright the path grows from day to day leaning on the everlasting arms leaning leaning safe and secure from all alarms leaning 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 on the everlasting arms what a fellowship what a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms what a blessedness what a peace is mine leaning on the everlasting arms leaning leaning safe and secure from all alarms leaning 
just worship and praise you for those everlasting arms, for the everlasting arms that have comfort for us. They have refuge for us. They have power for us. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The everlasting arms. Amen. Amen. This, too, a very old hymn. And through the ages, the people that sang this hymn in many, many churches all over the world, they were praying for our day, for our day when they would see revival, they would see people being healed and saved and baptized and led to the Lord in mighty high numbers. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. And we join our hearts with them and believe that the everlasting arms are for us too. The everlasting arms are for us as well as them. We know the everlasting arms carried them through and they will carry us through too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus is our Redeemer. Hallelujah. Let's sing about that. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah,
you. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son, sending your son to take our place for the sins we deserved punishment for. He took it all. He took it all upon his back. He took it all. He took it all. He took all of your sin, all of mine. He bore it all to the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, how we worship you in this place today. Just give him thanks today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given us. You've given us peace. You've given us joy. You've given us grace. Grace to live this life. We're not perfect, but there's always grace for us. There's always grace when it's getting difficult. Just ask for more grace, and he will give you more grace. Yes, God, the most perfect plan of redemption was Jesus, and Jesus came. He shed his blood for us. He gave it for us. He gave everything for us. And now he sits on the side of the Father in heaven ever making intercession for us. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we worship you. We worship you in this place. We worship you, Lord, we worship you. We worship you, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, we worship you, Lord. You are holy, you are holy, Lord. You are holy, Lord. Hallelujah. You are holy, Lord. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son. Precious Lamb of God, Messiah, my redeemer Jesus my
serve my King forever in that holy place. Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world as a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God. Left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. Someday for a crown in the old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For twas on that old cross, Jesus. So oh. 
Till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a Hallelujah, Lord, for the old rugged cross. And then when we all get to heaven, when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal, bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder i'll be there when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share. When his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder i'll be there oh hallelujah yes lord hallelujah glory to your name lord when the roll is called up yonder we'll be there And one of the most famous, well-known hymns is Amazing Grace. And along with Amazing Grace is the story of John Newton. He was just a despicable slave trader. But God got a hold of him and changed his life forever. Changed his life forever with his amazing grace. We don't ever have to wonder 
if God's grace is powerful enough for something we might have done. God's grace was powerful enough for John Newton, who was selling slaves into America with no conscience. And God gave him a conscience and enough grace that he preached salvation and Jesus Christ the rest of his life after he received Christ. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Stand with me, please. That saved a wretch like me. days to sing his praise than when we'd first begun. Yes, Lord, hallelujah. Let's sing that without the instruments. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
receive. Now we see because of your gift, your gift in each one of our lives, your gift in each one of our lives. Let's just lift our voices one more time in thanks to him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you in this place. We lift your name. You are holy, Lord. We lift your name. You are holy. You are amazing, God. So amazing, your grace to us. You are amazing, and we worship you, Lord. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We worship you, we worship you. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You are so good to us. You are so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for our fellowship here, for our fellowship here and our church. Those who give themselves, give themselves weekly, daily, to do things in our church, all the administration for our pastor and his family, we just pray today. Father, let your anointing rise up in pastor as he brings the word this morning. Pour out your heart to us, Lord. We thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence at camp this week to meet everyone who went to camp, to do a work in every one of their lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're always ready. You're always right there whenever we call on you to do a work in our lives. And we thank you and praise you, Lord. We give you honor today. We give you honor we give you honor. We magnify your name. We just give you all the praise, Lord. All the praise, all the praise. All the praise, Lord, we give you all the praise. All the worship, Lord, we give you all the worship. We worship you in the beauty of your holiness lord we worship you we worship you we worship you we worship you oh we submit to your spirit this morning lord do a work in each one of us thank you for calling each one of us thank you jesus thank you lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Check one. There we go. Well, good morning. How many were at camp this week? 
a number of hands going up. Yeah, a number of... Were there good things that happened at camp? Anybody uh, uh, say, what were some, so quick testimonies. Just, just shout, what were, what were some good things that happened at camp? Just shout some things out right quick. Very good. Amen. What else happened? Something good. Some stuff. Amen. Anybody else? For quick. Popcorn testimonies, right? Remember anybody remember popcorn testimonies, right? In church. Anybody else got a want to pop up? They're going after the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? Anybody else? stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, we, we still worship a, a God who is there, right? He's still there. He's still on the throne. He's still at work. And um, so grateful for that this morning. So grateful. That's great testimonies. Thank you so much. And Anybody else before we change uh, gears a little bit? Anybody else? Got a word? A testimony that happened at camp? Anything? Going once? Going twice. Okay. Well, thank you so much for those testimonies. The Lord is good. Amen. He's still good. So let's give the Lord a clap offering one more time and praise. Just thank the Lord for what he's been doing. Amen. Amen. Just going to turn your attention just for a couple of moments here, just as a, a, a trust everyone received the bulletin when you came in. Not going to spend a lot of time on the, te- or the, uh, the announcements. Uh, please take your bulletin home and uh, uh, check that out. Just, uh, just a couple of things coming up. Um, just a reminder. Um, well, number one, I just want to mention that, uh, you know, prayer at the fair coming up in, in, in August, and it looks like our water is multiplying. So uh, that's really great news. Thank you so much for, uh, for helping with that. And, of course, we're going we're gonna to just keep that going because we need a whole lot more, just to let you know. And I was over at No Frills, and they, they tend to have sales on water. Like sometimes it drops below two dollars for a case of 24 water so that's pretty that's pretty good right so um yeah so if you can bring those in this would be great cheryl eight yeah so almost 800 bottles used last year so we have a little ways to go amen so how many uh, would like to see that piled up full and so that we can get them cool in the coolers and transport them to the fair and just to be able to bless people uh, coming up in August. So uh, we'll, we'll let you know exactly how many we, we need because if, we're, if, we're, if we have a goal of 800 bottles, then uh, we're going to let you know how many we, uh, we need. And again, 
24 bottles for uh, less than two bucks. Of course, they're going to charge you some uh, on, the, on, the, on the deposit, but it's all about blessing others, amen? So we just want to be a blessing to others in the community and have a chance to connect with them, build bridges, pray for them, and uh, just see what the Lord does. So just thank you for that. Also coming up uh, next week, you'll notice uh, Missions Emphasis Sunday. And uh, that's Darren and Diane Wilson's going to be with us, and they're going to be sharing about their exploits in Mexico. So don't miss that. And we're going to receive an offering uh, for them next uh, week as, uh, as we continue to be a blessing to them. Also, uh, you'll notice, of course, volunteers are needed. We, we, we need, do need help, continued help with the sound and the video and those types of areas. So if you want to get involved with that, please Please let me know or let uh, Ryan or the office know. Again, there's an inf- uh, info at maplestreet.ca right there on the email. And, of course, uh, September the 16th is a, is a date that I want to be aware of. Um, we are going to be having our water baptism service here at Maple Street Worship Center. And uh, we have some folks that are interested in, in being baptized. So I think that's a fantastic milestone in people's lives. Amen to be baptized and, and to uh, just take that step of, of further commitment in their service to the Lord. But I also want to mention that uh, what's been kicking around in my heart the last two or three weeks has been uh, to make that date a fall kickoff for our church. A fall kickoff. How many think it might be kind of cool if we had a barbecue on that Sunday? Maybe if we had some games for the kids outside. You know, we get the hot dog machine rolling, maybe some, I don't know, maybe even get a cotton candy machine. Uh, you know, whatever, I, I, we're having a, uh, on Wednesday, one of our effectiveness coaches from the district is going to be uh, sharing some fall kickoff ideas. And I'm just kind of excited about that because that's been on my heart for uh, the fr- past few weeks, just kind of praying into that. What if, I just want to cast a little bit of vision here, just what if, what if we have on our list of people, members, adherents of Maple Street Worship Center, we have about 80 people that are connected to this church. If everyone showed up together today that have been regularly here and there, we'd have about 80 folks out in our Sunday morning service. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. We've had a number of folks come in over the last few months that are new to our church, and it's been really great. But what if, what if 80 people invited one more person and they came? We were talking about that on Tuesday night of prayer. And someone said, we'd have to bring out more chairs. I'm thinking, that's not a bad thing to happen. Anybody agree with that? That might be a pretty cool thing to happen. If we had to actually bring out more chairs, and we filled this place up, and we had a great celebration, and we celebrated water baptism, and we just had testimonies, and we had food and fellowship, and had a lot of great fun together. Wouldn't that be a great way to kick off the fall? Anybody say amen to that? I need to know you're with me on that because I'm going to be hunting for some ideas and getting some folks, try to get some folks together to, to discuss uh, how we might be able to implement that. And so I just want to have people involved and uh, just to generate some enthusiasm about that. So that's been something that's been on my heart. Trust you pray into that and consider that, maybe what the Lord might speak to you concerning that. And, of course, uh, we always need supplies and things like that if we're going to make that event uh, take place. So, but we do have a little bit of time to, to uh, begin to make preparations for that. So I just want to stick that into your ear, stick that into your spirit this morning, and uh, pray that you'll consider uh, uh, making that possible. I'm going to ask our ushers to come this morning as we worship the Lord in our tithe and our offering.
as we sow into the kingdom of God. just want to let you know that, that this is what this church is all about. We want to be a people who's called out to do what God has called us to do in service to the kingdom of God. How many know that there's a lot of folks today that are lost and they need assistance? They need hope. Amen? We want to be a place of hope. We, we call ourselves Maple Street Worship Center because we worship here, but we want to be a place, we want to be a people who offer something that is eternally impacting in people's lives. Amen? So as we receive our offering today, we're going to, we're going to be uh, making a mark on the kingdom of God. So can we put that up on the screen this morning? Can we pray together as we receive the offering? That as we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings and calls, musicians and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. And thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, that you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I may have more than enough to co-labor with Jesus to see him get his reward. It's pretty close. Amen. Hallelujah. Not, not bad. I think I almost got it there. Amen. 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 It's a great privilege to be able to worship the Lord in this way. Amen? To, to give back to Him that which He has given to us, that He's blessed us with. We are stewards of His, of His good treasures. Amen? We are stewards of, of what He has given us. We are entrusted to do that. So this morning I'm going to call the kids together. And we, this is great. We've got some kids here. Even though the sun is shining and, and uh, the uh, outside activities are, are there to lure us away. But it's great to see the kids here this morning. Going to round them up. Amen. So we're going to come up. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. Come on up. Good group of kids this morning. Amen. Yeah, you're enthusiastic. This is great. It's great. Amen. Well, let's pray. Can we just put a hand toward these little ones? And I'm just going to pray for them. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for the little ones here today. Uh, we, we just ask that, God, that you would open up their hearts, that they would be able to receive your love, they'd be able to receive your Holy Spirit into their life. And that, God, that as they are, yeah, they're just little sprouts, but we want to see them grow into strong oak trees in the Lord, that their roots would go deep, they would be like trees planted by water, and they would be strong and grow tall in you. And so, Lord, we just ask a blessing upon them, bless the teachers as they, as they minister to them and serve them and love them and show Jesus to them, and may your word be lodged in their hearts, and may their love for you grow each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's great to see the kids. Amen. The, praise God. So if you have your Bible this morning, you have your device, whatever you might have, 
I'm going to turn into Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 4. Just stick your hand in there somewhere. Uh, you might have a bookmark. You might have, um, you might have a piece of paper or a pen or something in there, and that's okay. Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 4, that's where we're going to be zooming in on a little bit this morning. And so I want to continue on just kind of looking into Hebrews a bit uh, over the next few weeks. And I think I got a title slide, at least something on the screen this morning, just to stick up there to, to uh, draw our attention. Maybe I think our video projector personnel has now went to class. Oh, no, just stick, this, just stick the, the, the slide on there. Just stick something in the background. That's all great. It's all great. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can keep you guys' attention better than just having the screen up there. That's okay. So Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 4, we're just kind of continuing the, the theme of where to find help. Where to find help facing your frustrations. Anybody ever get frustrated? Oh, you guys must be like, like ready to go. Like you get, your halos are all, nobody gets frustrated in here. Anybody get frustrated? I mean, let's see your hand. Yeah. You get frustrated. I get frustrated. We all, I think we all get frustrated at times. Um, I remember when I was a kid and I got really frustrated. I had a cousin and my cousin was getting off the school bus with me and we were going to see another cousin. Because you know what it's like when you're living in a small community? Everybody's related, right? So everybody's your cousin. Either your cousin or brother or uncle or something. And so my cousin got off the bus with me, and we were going to see another cousin because he had a birthday that day. And my cousin decided that he was really going to, like, try to rattle my chain, pull my leg, get under my skin. And so he began to tell me that the birthday party that we were going to to our other cousins was at 3.30. And I'm like, no, no, it's at 3 o'clock. It's at 3.30. It's at 3... I'm saying, no, 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 it's at, it's at 3 o'clock. And back and forth, 3 o'clock, no, 3.30. He got me so frustrated that I just hauled off and I just give it to him right in the nose, give him a bloody nose, and I had to walk home with him trying to nurse the bloody nose. You ever get frustrated that bad? I mean, come on, let's be honest. You get frustrated. Either, either you give somebody a bloody nose or you want to, right? Well, you guys must be, like, ready to go to heaven right now. I don't know. Like, I'm feeling bad now. I'm, like, I'm the only one? Like, come on. Frustrated. I got frustrated not long ago when I went through Tim Hortons. I've come to the conclusion that the Tim Hortons in Vegreville has got to be the slowest one in all of the country. I have been from the east to the west. I even made it to Victoria, yeah. I have been across Canada. I have been at Tim Hortons. I'm going to tell you, I think Vegreville, Tim Hortons, has got to be the slowest. Not only that, but I went through the drive-thru and I asked them. I said, could I have two Raisin Bran muffins? And they said, we don't have these here. It's like, don't you know what you sell? I went through the drive-thru. I'm picking on Tim Hortons now, right? went through the drive-thru, and I asked, said, could I have two bacon breakfast sandwiches, bacon egg breakfast on English muffins, 
double toasted. Don't ask for that because they think you're asking for more English muffins. And I try to explain over and over, no, I want the, you know, the, the sandwiches are going to have English muffins. That's what they're going to, and I want the English muffins double toasted. And they came back and they still didn't understand my order. Anyway, I was frustrated at Tim Hortons. So I went, I ended up saying, I'm boycotting Tim Hortons, I'm going to McDonald's from now on. I think they might have better coffee anyway. This is being recorded too. <laughs> well, maybe headquarters will get a hold of this and things will change, right? Frustration. Frustration. You ever find you get, fr- I mean, they call it fast food and you're thinking, if this is fast food, I would not want to see what it's like if it was slow food, right? Frustrations. Minor. They're minor, right? They're just minor frustrations. Little things that irritate you through the day. Then there's major things, right? You ever notice that there's major things that happen in your life? There's things that stress you out, makes you frustrated, rattles you. And sometimes, like, it's easy when life is going good, right? But when things come along, that there are bumps in the road and corners that you didn't anticipate, it's so easy to be rattled so easy to get stressed, so easy to have things frustrate us beyond belief at times. And so in Hebrews chapter 4 this morning, Hebrews chapter 4, there is a text that I just want to read, and we're going to pray. And then we're going to try to backtrack a little bit, because whenever Paul says, therefore, you ask the question, what's it there for? So Paul says in, in, in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful. Everybody say careful. Let us be careful that some, none of you be found to have fallen short of it. I want to stop right there. We're going to pray. Lord, we just come to you in Jesus' name. We pray your word would speak to our hearts. May we find ourselves somewhere in this message today, and may, Lord, we make an appropriate response to what your Spirit wants to do in our lives, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 We all get frustrated. I get frustrated. It's okay. I'm not trying to be super spiritual here. I'm just saying this is real life. But it's interesting that the writer of Hebrews, and I know that when it comes to the authorship of Hebrews, there's, uh, there's some debate over that, but that's not really where we want to go this morning. This is not a lecture on the authorship of Hebrews. But this morning, what we notice is, is that the author begins to talk about, in, in chapters 3 and chapter 4, that, and it's interesting that Sandy mentioned this this morning, that we're reminded of the frustrations of the children of Israel. You remember the story how that they were... They were uh, slaves in Egypt for 400 years. That's a pretty long time, wouldn't you say? 400 years of slavery. Just going to turn this amplifier off. Getting a little bit. It thinks that we're having breakfast this morning. I can hear it sizzling the bacon. So 400 years of slavery. We know that the Bible talks about how God hears their cries, sees their plight in Egypt, and they just want to get out of there. And so God raises up, and as was mentioned this morning, raises up Moses, a fugitive, guilty, you know, probably a manslaughter at the very least. 
speaks to him in a burning bush. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Speaks to him in a burning bush. And we find that on the first day of Passover, Moses leads two million very eager people out with all their livestock, leads them to the edge of the Red Sea. And you've got the Red Sea in front of you. You've got Pharaoh's army chasing you from behind. And we know, and there's a song we used to sing in youth group, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you ever hear that one? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. Mm. Yeah, yeah, see, see, they, they know, they know the song. So Moses, you know, what does he do? According to the song, with God's power on him, he raises his staff, he clears his throat, and all of Pharaoh's army does the dead man's float. That's what happens, yeah. So, of course, it wasn't God's intent just to leave them on the other side of the Red Sea. It wasn't just go across and, and boom, there you are. God's intention was for them to have a destination. And that destination was a parcel of land called Canaan. They were to go to the promised land. Amen? That was what God had waiting for them. But, of course, between the Red Sea or the, or the banks of of, uh, of the Red Sea on that other side and the promised land there was a there was a, a plot of, of a property that reminds me of driving from Vegreville to Mundare you ever, I noticed one of the things this is one of the things you'll discover if you go east back in Nova Scotia that even if you go from one community to the other there's usually houses that are scattered all, all along the way but we, in Alberta I've discovered once you're outside of a community there's nothing there it's wilderness. It's barren. It's fields, like as far as the eye can see. It was amazing when we were traveling across Canada last year, and I think I could, I, I actually was looking at an object off in the distance, and I looked at my odometer, and I was trying to figure out how many kilometers is that thing. It's usually they were like 12 and 13 kilometers away. It's just as flat as a pancake. Yeah, Saskatchewan, that's it. Cornered gas, right? <laughs> wilderness. There's a wilderness between where God brought them and where he wants to take them. Wilderness. And I want you to know that when you're in the wilderness, I don't know if you've ever had wilderness seasons in your life. Anybody say, I've had, I've had some wilderness seasons in my life. It just didn't seem too profitable, pretty barren, pretty boring, right? But there's, there's wilderness, wilderness seasons, right? You remember the rock of Horeb? You remember Moses struck the rock and water come out of the rock? I know he was upset and mad and frustrated. But it was neat that he, he strikes this rock and, and God allows water to come out of this rock to supply all of the people and all the livestock. It wasn't just to give God something to do. It's because there was no streams there. No water. Pretty barren. Remember the food? It wasn't McDoubles or a Tim Hortons raisin bran muffin that they don't sell or a bacon breakfast sandwich that they can't double toast manna manna was the food that God had provided 
He provides food and he provides water. Why? Because there's not much on the menu there. It's pretty bleak. It's wilderness. And how many know that before there was Google Earth, that God could see that wilderness? Do you know that that didn't surprise him? Do you know that God knew the wilderness was there? It didn't take him by surprise. It wasn't like, oh, no, did you see that coming, Gabriel? No, Michael, you know. like They weren't in heaven having a, like, oh, my goodness, it's a crisis. They knew the wilderness was there. I think it was all part of the plan that they would come into that place. God knows the beginning from the end. Because it's interesting, and what it tells me is this, is that God allows wilderness to come into our lives. He allows those moments in the drive-thru. He allows those moments of road rage. He allows those times when your siblings or your co-workers will drive you crazy. He allows stuff to come into our lives. And there's a reason for it. We're going to get there. Because God is a purposeful God. How many believe he's got pur- God makes things on purpose. He does things on purpose. So God is a purposeful God, and God permits, here it comes, difficult things. Have you noticed that in your life? God will allow difficult things to come into your life. And of course, we could probably have a contest up here to see who went through the most difficult thing, right? And see who can up, up one or one up the other. But there are things that come into our lives that are difficult. We sometimes don't understand it in the moment. We don't. We really don't understand it in the moment. And the, oftentimes we'll say, why, Lord, why am I here in this situation? Why am I going through this? Why am I going through this stressful time? Why am I going through this anxious time? Why am I going through this struggle? Ever find yourself asking questions like that? It happens, doesn't it? Jesus made a promise to the disciples, and here's what he said. He said, in this world you will have tribulation. Good, you guys know. That's good. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So he made a promise. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trials. So why did he allow them to go through this? Why did he experience the frustration of the wilderness? Is because there's times when we come up against obstacles in our lives, frustrations, um, trials, they put us to the test. How many know this morning it's a pretty hard job to have a testimony without a test? God likes taking tests and turning them into testimonies. He likes to take people's lives that are all messed up and turning them into a message. Because that's what God does. God has purpose. He has purpose. And so that's why the writer of Hebrews, and notice that we came to Hebrews 4, verse 1, where it says, therefore, but if you go back into chapter 3 a little bit, you'll notice that the writer of Hebrews in chapter 3, verse 7 to 11 says, so as the Holy Spirit says, now here's, here's, here's what he's saying. He's saying this, so when it comes to the trials in our lives, listen to this. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. The wilderness is a time where we are put to the test. Where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my way, so I declare my oath and my anger, they shall never enter my 
rest. You see, when it came to the children of Israel, and this is why Paul would tell us that the reason why these things have been written is for our benefit, and we learn something from them. So when we look back in history, we don't want it to repeat itself in our lives today, amen? We don't want it to repeat in our families. We don't want it to repeat in our church. And so when the wilderness seasons come, when there's pressures that are put, put onto us, how many know that there's times that when we're put under pressure, that instead of properly responding, we'll react. We'll react. It was kind of like the time, and I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm being transparent here this morning. It's like the time when I was working at Clearwater Fine Foods in Lockport. And my wife is at the punch clock. And she punches out click click and then her friend her, her co-worker working at the same table punches her a card just before the hand moved ahead one minute we would get paid by the quarter hour and it just so happened that Christiane got paid was her card was going to be marked for the quarter hour 15 minute mark and because of that one minute change just just seconds her co-worker who worked right alongside her finished exactly the same time she's going to get paid at the 30 minute mark so my wife comes out with her and she explains to me what happened and I'm in the car outside and we're on our way home and I whipped the car around. I whipped the car around and she was like oh no 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 do that I, I go up the stairs I'm, I, I, I'm confessing something here confessing something's not good and I go into the office and I look at my boss who happens to be a deacon at my church by the way and I go in and I slam my fist on the desk demanding why in the world blah 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 right? why in the world did she get marked at that time and her co-worker get marked at the other well we got it all figured out and we're st we still liked each other afterwards it wasn't the only time I got frustrated with him but I just want to say how many know that that, that happens in our lives. It's not, it's, it's not something that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of. I'm just saying that there's times when we react the wrong way. That's my point. My point is I reacted instead of responded. Is it okay you still love me? That I reacted wrong, the wrong way? It's really not the best way to be a witness in your Jerusalem when you do that. Really, it isn't. But frustrations can lead to, rea to reactions. But here's the th deal. When, when the pressure comes on, I want you to understand the reason why God puts pressures is it, it will reveal something about us. It reveals who we are on the inside. I don't know if you ever watched Anna Green Gables. The old series with, you know, back in the 80s. I've watched that a billion times by now. I must have won, watched it a billion times. I really probably deserve a medal. Christiane just loves Anna Green Gables. She had the books. She watched the movie. Same thing with Sound of Music. I have to watch the Sound of Music. But in Anna Green Gables, Anne meets up with the schoolmaster. Do you, you remember see, ever remember seeing that, the schoolmaster? And the schoolmaster was quite a character. Interestingly enough, though, however, Anne just kept loving on her. She just kept loving on her and loving on her. No matter how bad the schoolmaster 
no matter how her, bad her supervisor, her boss, treated her, totally disregarding her, totally, I mean, insulting her, putting her down, and just kept loving and loving and loving and loving until the walls came down. And that is an illustration of how we should respond when things go wrong, when things are not the way they should be, when things are frustrating us. It's like when you take gold and you put it in the crucible, and it's heated to a very high, incredibly high temperature. When the heat is turned on, it's all about bringing out the impurities, and the impurities are revealed. And so God allows us to go through these things. He allows us to go through wilderness. He allows us to go through trials and temptation. He allows us to go through these things because he is doing something. He's trying to create within our hearts something of pure gold, something of great value. That's why Paul says in Romans 5, verses 3 to 4, he says, we also glory in our sufferings. For most of us, it's a ring we don't want to wear. A suffer ring. Some of you got it. Because we know that suffering, some people say that's marriage, produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. I want you to know that my, I am better, I'm a better person today because of my wife. Because it began to reveal, I'm going to be honest, that marriage, I don't know about you, but I've found that when you're getting close to people, people help, help you to see who you really are and begin to make those adjustments. James 1, verse 2, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Notice what Paul says in Romans. He's talking about character. There's times when we want to run away from these things, but I want you to know that God brings these things to produce something of great value in our lives. Amen? Are you still with me? Amen. I remember my first job was at Atlantic Lobster. I was 145 pounds. I'm a little heavier now, maybe about 160. See, you're listening. She's listening. Yeah, right. (laughs) I was like 145 pounds. I've only put on maybe 20 pounds since then. No. (laughs) And my job was to be a human forklift. I'm not kidding you. All we had was one forklift, but I wasn't driving it. We had to, there was times when I put in 16 hours in the day, we were lifting 135 to 150 pounds, sometimes with two guys that that weight, and sometimes just myself, especially when I started working inside the, the actual pound. And I can tell you, there was one time when we had a load of truck, and the truck was being uh, taken to Boston. We were going on the ferry from Yarmouth to Boston, and uh, we had to stack the crates, these crates full of lobsters, 100 pounds of lobsters, and then you had a water-soaked wooden crate that could uh, be anywhere between 135 and 150 pounds. And we had to lift it, get it up over our head, six crates high. And I want you to know that when you were 145 pounds and you're working with guys who were six feet, 200, you're working harder than they are. And it's not easy, and I want you to know that I thought at times I was going to die. 
And I just knew in my heart, it's like, I'm either going to get stronger doing this or I am going to die trying. We lifted a lot of weight over four years. Boss even noticed I've actually added a little bit of width to my shoulders. Well, of course you would. But I want you to know that the only way I could get through that is I had to have a no-quit attitude. I had to have tenacity. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if you react and respond, or not react, but if you respond properly to the trials that are in your life, it will make you stronger. It'll make you stronger. It'll make you better. But why? Because again, God brings these things into our lives to reveal what's in our hearts, not for us to go down the wrong path, but he wants us to become better than what we were. He doesn't want us to become bitter. He wants us to become better. He doesn't want to impair us. He wants to improve us. But I want you to know also that in the midst of all of that, that our choices can have an effect on which way we go. Again, frustrations bringing a revelation of what's on the inside. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2 says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness for these four years. And here's what. Here's the purpose. Listen to this. To humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. Whether or not you would keep his commandments. In other words, whether or not you're going to remain faithful to God in the midst of the trials. How many know it's easy to serve God, worship Him, praise Him, live for Him when things are going well, but when things are going badly, it's a testing of our faith. So we can have, we can have four different responses, four different attitudes of heart. I'm going to hit them very quickly. When we go through these things, when we go through these wilderness seasons, through frustrations, we can develop a hardened heart. And a hardened heart is one that looks at the trials and the testings that we are in, and instead of asking the Lord for his grace and strength to endure, we look at God and we try him, put him on trial, and we point our finger at him and say, God, if you can really supply all of my needs, why am I in this situation that I'm in? God, if you're really a friend that sticks closer than a brother, why am I so feeling so depressed and alone? God, if you really are so good, why would you allow my child to be born with a critical illness? Lord, if you really hear an answer prayer, why does it seem that none of mine get answered? They just hit the ceiling and they fall back to the floor. To hear the attitude of the heart here. In essence, a hardened heart will put God under the microscope, and if he meets my expectations, then he's worthy of my life and my service. God, if you meet what I think you should be, then... Just because we come become believers, just because we come follow Jesus, how many know that life isn't always going to be perfect? It's a bad, bad lie to tell people. Sometimes there's hardship. Sometimes there's... I mean, just look at the Apostle Paul's life. Beaten and ship, you know, shipwrecked and beaten and left for dead is, is really not you know, sitting on the beach somewhere, right? It's hard stuff. And that's why it's so dangerous to talk, to teach a theology that says that if you follow Jesus, it's going to be a walk in the park. Because there's an enemy that's going to have a big target on you. Amen? All of a sudden now, all of hell is zeroing in on you 
and now they've got the scope on you, and you're in the crosshairs. And you know what the devil wants to do? The devil wants to whisper into you, oh, really? You, you, you know, you're serving the Lord and, and, and all these promises that he's made, and oh, how come it's not happening for you? So he wants to suck the faith and the hope right out of us, bring us into a place of despair to the point, because I've heard it so many times before, where someone will turn their back on God because of a bad, traumatic thing in their life. Well, if God is really good, why did he take my mom at the age of 12? Why did he do this, or why did he do that? You know where most people become atheists? They become atheists around that age because of something traumatic that happens to them. And in such a way, they end up developing a hardened heart. The other thing we can develop is a wandering heart. Hebrews 3, verse 10. That's why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. What's a wandering heart? It's, it's, a, it's a heart that's, that's not only pointing fingers at God and testing him, but it's gone beyond resenting the circumstance that God allowed us to go through, but now we're beginning to rep- resent the God who has allowed it. A hardened heart, a wandering heart, we can develop a sinful heart. Hebrews 3, verse 12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Notice who he's writing to. See to it, brothers and sisters. Are these believers? They're believers. Amen. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful what yeah sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living god i have heard stories where people because of disappointments in god they don't even want anybody to pray for them to be healed anymore because god didn't come good on it at a certain time in their life they can even become unbelieving unbelieving heart Remember the children of Israel? Remember how God had performed many miracles on their behalf? Remember the plagues of Egypt? Talk about God's power being manifested. Parting of the Red Sea. How many would have liked to have been there and seen that happen? Can you say amen? How about the pillar of cloud and the fire to guide them? How about the manna from heaven, the water coming out of a rock? And we're not talking about just a drip here. We're talking about a lake of water. I remember seeing a program and talking about the the, the search for the real Mount Sinai. They actually found the rock, and they actually found where the water had been. They could see it was all there. All, All the proof was there, all the physical proof. Of course, the awesome appearance and the voice of Almighty God on Mount Sinai and the defeat of their enemies. I mean, how many would say, wow, that sounds like a really great church service. <laughs> God's power is just being manifested. It's awesome. But guess what happened? They go into the wilderness, and it's rough. It seems like it's barren. And they grumble, and they complain, and they rebelled against Moses. Oh yeah, the Moses that they thought was greater, the greatest prophet ever. Greater than sliced bread, man. Moses was awesome. 
unless you were there. Because they grumbled and they complained against Moses. Oh, Moses, he brought us out here to die. Moses, where's the menu? Like, where's the caterers, Moses? Like, I mean, look at the stuff we had back there to eat, and this is all we got. Water from a rock. The same old manna every day. Yeah. And they freely and they frequently broke God's laws and commandments, showing what their heart was. They began to worship and sacrifice to other gods, forgetting the God who had redeemed them, the God who had rescued them out of Egypt under Pharaoh's dominion. And I say all this this morning that it's so important that as, as the writer of Hebrews says, and, and so we say it today, see to it, brothers, that none of us go in that direction. Because, folks, I don't know about you, but there's times in our lives when we are serving the Lord and, and we, we remember that, that Redeemer, we, we, it's fresh in our, in our lives, that we've experienced the goodness and the grace of God. We've experienced His power. We've experienced His manifest presence. But then, as time goes on, there's times when we come into those wilderness seasons in our life. And it's so easy, it's so easy to slip into a hardened heart, a heart of unbelief, a sinful heart. It's so easy. Hebrews 3, verses 16 to 18, it says, Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not those Moses led out of Egypt, and with whom he was angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who were disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. And where did their unbelief come from? Their unbelief came from because of the circumstance that they were in. The circumstance, the wilderness that they found themselves in began to reveal really what was truly in their hearts. And I don't know where you're at this morning. As I call Sandy back to the piano. I'm not sure where you're at right there this morning, but I want to speak to two different people here this morning. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that if you're here and you've been going through a wilderness season in your life, and you have found yourself resenting God, I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know there's others who have had thoughts come into their minds. They have, they have experienced some of similar things, maybe, as a Job did. But I want you to know that it goes on further. It says, see to it, brothers, it says that none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But number, but verse 13, and here's the good news, but encourage one another daily. I want to encourage you this morning that if that's where you might be in your walk with God, if that's where you might be, I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you that I too have gone through some stuff. I too have wondered. I too have prayed. I too have sought the Lord. And asked God the why question. I asked the why question when our daughter, for example, was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. 
and almost died twice. I asked God, why? Why are we going through this? I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how she was going to turn out. I didn't know. We had no idea. Have we been through some stuff? Sure, we've been through. It was probably the hardest thing we had ever. It was traumatic for us. I know I experienced some post-traumatic stress disorder. I even talked to a child psychologist. Not that I was a child, but I would talk to a child psychologist to try to get an understanding of what I was feeling and what I was going through. But I realize that God allows things to come into our life. I don't understand all of why it happened. But I, knew, I do know this, is that my God is still good. He's a God who has a purpose in it all. And I may not, in my little mind, my little finite brain, about the size of a pea, I may not be able to understand it all, but I know who's someone who does. I know someone who does. And I know the Word of God tells me that weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Rejoicing comes in the morning. If that's you this morning, and you, if we could stand together this morning just for a few moments, if, if, you, if you are finding yourself in a place of struggle with the circumstances in your life, and you're wondering, God, where are you in all of this? I want you to know that he's right there. I want you to know there's a purpose. I want you to know there's a plan. And I want you to know it's for your good. And I know he wants you to come for this pure gold, despite the hardship. He wants you to come through his pure gold. I want to encourage you this morning with a few things. As, I, as, I'm, as I'm wrapping this up, I, I want to suggest five things. I'm going to read, just read Scripture right now. Hebrews 3, verse 1 says this, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. I want to encourage you. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Hebrews 3, 13. Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I want you to know, it is the devil wants to deceive you in thinking God isn't good. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you that we need to be together. Some people say, oh, I can be a Christian, and I don't need to be in church. I don't need to be connected to a church. Well, I want you to know that that's exactly where de the devil wants you to be. And here's why the devil wants you to be that way. It's because just like a sheep that's now loose out of the sheep pen and in the wilderness, you are now prey. You are the, you are the walking dead. Because there's wolves that are hunting you down. The demons of hell are laughing, thinking, we've got a sheep away from the sheep pen. The safety of the fold. It's fresh meat. How can you encourage one another when you're all by yourself? But the writer of Hebrews tells us, encourage one another. How often? Daily. Daily. How do you encourage one another daily if we're not together, if we're not connecting? I want to encourage you this morning. 
to pick up the phone. If you know somebody's going through something, pick up the phone, give them a call. Bring encouragement and hope. You're not alone in this. We don't want to see you slip away. We don't want to see you get a hardened heart. We don't want to see you be deceived. We don't want to see you fall and walk away from the Lord in this. God's got a plan. That's what they need to hear, and his plans are good. And he loves you with an everlasting love. He's a friend that sticks close with the brother. You're going to make it through this, and you're going to come out stronger than what you were before. You might have went in 180, or excuse me, 145 pounds, but you're going to come out with some shoulders on you. You're going to come out, and you're going to be stronger in your faith. Amen? Because that's what God wants you to do. The wilderness is not there to cripple you. The wilderness is not there to impair you. It's to improve you. It's not to make you bitter. It's to make you better. I want to encourage you this morning. Encourage one another daily. Hebrews 4.11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Let us make, that's, a, that's going across the finish line together. Amen? Going across the finish line together. Make every effort to enter the, his rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. Hebrews 4, verse 12, for the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Listen, when God is speaking to you, when you're in your Bible and God is speaking to you, it's the Spirit is laying His finger on certain things and He's wanting you to, to become all that He wants you to be. That's why when we face frustrations, when we face wilderness seasons in our life, it is not, it is not to crush us but it's to make us come forth as champions in Jesus. How many here would say this morning, I've been going through some, some things in my life, and it's been difficult? Who would, who would lift their hand? You're going through some things in your life, and it's been difficult. You've been going through a wilderness experience. How many would say that? That's me. I've been going through some wilderness in my life. I see some hands going up. Thank you for those hands. Well, here's what I want to simply do this morning. As we've already read, let us encourage one another daily. Let us encourage one another daily. How many might need a fresh dose of encouragement this morning? You need a fresh dose of encouragement. And if that's you, could, we, could, could I just ask you to come on up? And, and, and as soon as you come up, I, I'm just trusting that the Lord is speaking to other hearts. And that, I mean, isn't this great that we, we're not a church of 3,000 where it's hard to get to the front, right? But if you're here this morning and you need encouragement, come. Come. And I, I'm just trusting others will begin to come and lay hands. And begin to, to, to pray and begin to uplift and begin to encourage as you come this morning, could we, could we just move out of our seats? Could we just make this a moment of body ministry? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is Lord, for he's my, is that what you're playing? He's my Lord. For he is Lord. I know these old songs, you know. <laughs> he is Lord. He has risen. Yes, he has. Oh, he has risen from the dead, and he is Lord. And every knee, and every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord.
Lord, could somebody just go and bring the, the, the teachers and the kids down? For he is Lord. He is Lord. Yes, he is my Lord. And he has risen from the dead, and he is Lord. And every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Yes, He is the Lord. He has risen from the dead, and He is my Lord. Every
something going on here and it's more than I could have hoped for there's something going on here today there's something going on here and it's more than I ever dreamed of there's something going on here today there's something going on here, so lift up my faith. There's something going on here today. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. There's something going on here today. down lay it at your feet there's something going on here today there's something going on here and it's more than I could have hoped for there's something going on here today there's something going on here and it's more than I ever dreamed of. There's something going on here today. There's something going on here. So lift up my faith. There's something going on here today. There's something going on here. And I will speak your name. There's something going on here today. 
your feet there's something going on here today Jesus, oh Jesus, there's something going on here today. Oh, I will lay my life down, lay it at your feet. There's something going on here today. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing here today. 
Just open our hearts to receive what you're doing and the work you're doing in us. I thank you that you're good and the things that you want to do are more than we could ever hope for, more than we've ever dreamed of. Thank you, Father, for lifting our faith up. We choose to put our trust in you, Jesus. Amen.